The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And good Friday morning and welcome to an end of the week edition of Analyze This, a Friday the 13th edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX FM 93.1 with yours truly, Neville James. Got a great show today, Casey Payton. Going to be joining me in a little bit. Uh, she's actually going to come out at the top of the world, but we're going to talk with the weather service. Get that out the way so they can let us know what to expect for the weekend. Last night was nice. Seriously, last night was nice. Uh, they got the second annual uh, Harvest Festival on Pumpkin Patch, a VI Justice Initiative. And then uh, at 9 o'clock, we're going to talk about the Cruise and Coconut Festival with the committee members. Right? So we got a good show lined up for today. Good Friday show. Right? Uh, we got the weather service uh, on the line. Uh, we want them to let us know... Um, what to expect for the weekend? Is it going to be more of the same? Who am I speaking with? Gloria Rivera. Good morning. Gloria, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How's San Juan? San Juan, it's uh, pretty today. Hot, uh, warm conditions, but going well. Uh, that's okay. Um, uh, what about humidity? That's a big concern. Humidity is going to be high today across the islands. Uh, but uh, So that's the reason why we're expecting hot temperatures once again across the area. Okay, no, no precipitation this weekend? No, we're not expecting uh, precipitation uh, across the islands this weekend, especially uh, we're expecting some passing showers maybe during the overnight hours, but not much. So that's the, the overall uh, weather uh, in terms of weather conditions that we're expecting across the area, plus hot conditions. So today we have an advisory in effect for the Virgin Islands from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. The two heat indices between 108 and 111 degrees. Wow. That's, yes. that's the entire Virgin Islands or St. Croix? Yes, the Saint entire Croix? Virgin Islands. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, so the entire area, it's, uh, uh, we're going to have uh, temperatures in the low to mid-90s, and those heat indices even higher. Um, so we're asking uh, beachgoers and, and boaters to be very careful? No, so actually we have uh, very good con- marine conditions. Uh, we had a swell during the past few days, but that okay. swell, it's uh, gradually uh, fading away. So right now we're going to have seas between 3 and 5 feet, and we're not expecting a uh, uh, high risk of recurrence. So this weekend uh, we're expecting from low to moderate risk. So it's going to be good for beach cores and boaters. Okay, okay, good. But what about the heat index, though? Shouldn't they wear sunscreen and stuff like that if they're going to be out yes. there? Uh, the usual recommendations uh, wear sunscreen uh, use uh, light colored clothes mm-hmm. and still uh, and be hydrated during the day because the heat is going to be insane um, quickly finally um, I see we got good visibility today um, the no part uh, no minimal particles or no particles of uh, Sahara dust no, we're expecting some traces across the area, but we're not expecting uh, uh, moderate concentrations of Sahara dust across the, the, the island. So that's a good news. And we're also, uh, in terms of tropical, we're monitoring a tropical wave that is moving uh, out of Africa. It's south of the Cape Verde Islands, and we have to keep an eye on that wave because it can, have, uh, it can be close to the islands by next weekend. Next weekend, okay. Mm-hmm. All righty. Thank you very much, Gloria Rivera. And You're welcome. Enjoy, have an excellent day. And enjoy the weekend. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Gloria Rivera uh, from the National uh, Weather Service. 
Uh, quickly, um, you know, we've been monitoring what's taking place over there in the Middle East. Yesterday, at Columbia University, right? This is a New York Times story. Uh, um, hundreds of pr- protesters gathered at Columbia on Thursday for competing pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian demonstrations that earlier in the day led school administrators to take the extraordinary step of closing the campus to the public. Students waving banners and flags faced off across hedges, dividing the Manhattan campus. One day after an Israeli student there was assaulted, other campuses around the city also erupted with rallies on Thursday following the Hamas attack on Israel over the weekend and the Israeli military response in Gaza. Now, um, when they say other colleges, you know, we are, we look out for um, Brooklyn College, right? Because the, uh, the president of Brooklyn College is a Virgin Islander. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Mm, that's our president Strada. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and they had more than a hundred demonstrators rallied outside Brooklyn College to protest the Israeli bombardment of Gaza, with a smaller group of pro-Israel demonstrators gathered nearby. And what we're we dealing with now? Oh, and they said I'm nearby. Uh, David Brodsky, 52 years old, a professor of Judaic studies at Brooklyn College stood with the pro-Israel demonstrators and he said this is a time for moral clarity, right? The reason why I wanted to touch on this real quickly is because one of the things I don't like, right, is when people insult my intelligence and our intelligence. Um, Hamas, right, may be Palestinians, but Hamas is not all of Palestine. You follow what I'm saying? And um, we're getting to the point now where as heinous and just despicable what Hamas did to innocent uh, Israelis on Saturday, right? Um, the innocent people of Palestine who want nothing and have nothing to do with violence and terrorism are now being characterized and judged as an extension of Hamas by some. And I'm sorry. We all know there are bad apples within the population, but not all of the apples are bad. And that's why war is a problem. You know what I'm saying? And I understand, you know, Hamas started something that they, they're not going to be able to finish. And they, they, they call for an international day of jihad today and, you know, having people live in fear and all that stuff, you know. But there are innocent people in Palestine. That's the point that I want to make. And uh, I just want to let the public know that um, there, this isn't all black and white. There's a lot of colors uh, in between. You know what I'm saying? And what's going on now looks like it's never ending. 
and um, it's sad, you know. It really is sad um, what we're dealing with. Uh, I I hope that um, you know cooler heads could prevail um, because we didn't trouble, man. We didn't big big trouble. And uh, I, I just hope that um, we need to be able to do something. You know what I'm saying? Okay, Kingsborough, Kingsborough Community College, Claudia Schrader. Right? Not Brooklyn College. It is in Brooklyn, but it's, it's Kingsborough Community College that um, Dr. Schrader uh, is the president of. Okay? Um, uh, I mixed that up there. All right? And she took over in September of 2018. So it's not at Brooklyn College. It's Kingsborough Community College in Brooklyn. Don't make that great. But, you know, we got you know, to keep an eye on what's going on there and not, you know, allow uh, the propaganda is, uh, to mislead us, uh, misinform, you know, and influence, influence us into thinking how they want us to think. As a matter of fact, um, Israel has asked for 1.3 uh, Palestinians, right, to evacuate from Gaza. Okay? Now, how are they going to be able to do this? Uh, Israel asked Palestinians to evacuate. I read that on... Um, and AP, I didn't pull out, I didn't click on the link for the story, but um, okay, yeah, okay, here it is. Uh, some 24 minutes ago, right? Israelis, Israel's military told one million Palestinians on Friday to evacuate northern Gaza and head to the southern part of the besieged territory, an unprecedented order applying to almost half of the population ahead of an, an expected ground invasion against the ruling Hamas militant group. You know what I'm saying? And suppose you're incapable of doing that. Are you, you, you are sitting duck there waiting to die? You know, that's what we come to, man. And this is all Hamas's fault. You know, they started it. You know, yes, there may have been some negligence as it relates to intel and all that. But, um... When innocent people, you know, are being slaughtered because of terrorism and extremism, not good. So, we get that out of the way. Clear my conscience this morning. Respect to that. Um, hoping to hear. I think Miss Peyton's back on already. Okay, good. Good morning, Counselor. Uh, welcome back uh, to analyze this. How are you? Good morning, and thank you so much for inviting me back. This is Casey Payton. I am the executive director of the Virgin Islands Justice Initiative. And uh, we're glad to have you back. That's number one. And number two, a uh, big day tomorrow, huh? Tomorrow is a big day. Our whole team is ready. We are excited. We have so many volunteers who are coming out to make the second annual Harvest Festival and Pumpkin Patch a success. This is uh, Megan's Bay? Yes. So tomorrow, Saturday, it's going to be at Megan's Bay from 12 o'clock until 5 o'clock p.m. It starts at Shed 4. That's where you check in to get your tickets, to ride the tractor hayride, and everything starts there and goes all the way back to the Arboretum. Good. Now, um, 
You got the big bales? <laughs> we got the bales. Thank you very, very much. Um, Department of Agriculture stepped up for us. They came through with 35 bales of hay that wow. we are borrowing tomorrow. Wow. That is going to make it so our two tractor hay rides are fully equipped. Thank wow. you so much. Wow, wow. So, no, no, no. Thank me. Thank um, Akil, uh, Commissioner Akil. And uh, the, and the agency for for stepping up early too. They they uh, I think they made that commitment right after you were on uh, the first time. So uh, we got that out the Same way. Same day. Same day. Wow. Same day they made the commitment. So so um so analyze this does have some redeeming qualities. I like that. That's what I'm talking about. Um. So what can uh, those who attend tomorrow expect? So they can expect uh, a day of family fun. This is uh, good for the whole family. So from the really little kids, um, even the older kids are going to have a good time. So what we recommend is that you start at Shed 4. Shed 4 is where you're going to find out all the activities um, that we have in store. But quickly thereafter, head down to the pumpkin patch. If you if you'll recall, last year we sold out of pumpkins in two hours. This year we are tripling the number of pumpkins. We have 1,000 pumpkins in all different shapes, sizes, colors, textures. It's going to be an enchanting pumpkin patch. So you want your little one to go and choose their perfect diamond in the rough pumpkin that they can then take over to the kids' zone and paint or sculpt uh, with the assistance of, um, of our volunteers. How many pumpkins is there, guys? 1,000 pumpkins. I saw them. I walked by, saw everything. We priced them. Um, they range between 15 and $20. Now, this year, we did get some specialty pumpkins. Um, you may have never seen these before in the grocery store or anywhere else. And so they may be priced slightly higher, um, but you'll, you'll see the difference. You'll see the difference. You know something? Let, let, let's step back a little bit. Um, where did this brilliant idea come from? <laughs> so, you know, I grew up in the States and I have young children. I have a seven-month-old. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old. And, a half year old, and I, I realize now that I live in the Virgin Islands, I've been here for almost 10 years, that my kids are never going to have that experience unless we bring that experience here. And so this is something that, you know, folks see on Instagram and Facebook. And this time of year, everybody's getting their, their fall pictures with their kids at the pumpkin patch. And, you know, me and my mom friends wanted to be able to have that opportunity, too. And so we just kind of came up with the idea, and it evolved from just being just a pumpkin patch to now we have a tractor hayride and a farmer's market. Oh, and a competition for the best dish or dessert made with local pumpkin. And we have over 41 different booths. So this has exploded into a full-fledged fall festival and a pumpkin patch. We're in San Diego. They got pumpkins. <laughs> you said we're in, uh, in San Diego? Yeah, yeah, because you, you, you live in San Diego. <laughs> so, so we're in San Diego. They got pumpkins. I, I've been to San Diego. I, I never saw any pumpkins in San Diego. No, I'm just joking. But, but we're in oh. San Diego. You got pumpkins. You know, that's a good conversation. So in the States, you are just bringing these pumpkins. You usually go to a farm yeah. that has all, you know, thousands of pumpkins, and you just bring them to your event. It's always a fundraiser in the States. And here, it should be the same thing. I mean, my team 
well, I don't know if I can speak for my whole team, but we do have members of our team that feel that here in the Virgin Islands, that St. Croix could be this, you know, agricultural center. And so we should be pulling these pumpkins from St. Thomas, from St. Croix, and that way the local farmers will get the benefit of the money that we're, buy- we're paying for the pumpkins. You know, we pay about $10 per pumpkin, and there's no reason why we couldn't buy a 1,000 pumpkins from here in St. Thomas or in St. Croix. So that would be ideal. That would be in line with what folks are doing in the States. I wonder if my audience is hearing this Yankee come from California and, and telling us the obvious about our abilities and our potential. I think that's the right term. Our potential with respect to agriculture, in particular here on St. Croix, where you know, our, our earth is so fertile. Uh, you're absolutely correct, uh, Counselor. Um, we really should be uh, a pumpkin basket, uh, for, for the lack of a better term. Uh, given the land that we have here and, and how we grow. I, I'm sure we do grow pumpkins, you don't get me wrong, but uh, uh, we, uh, we... We do, yeah. but you got to remember also yeah, the but we're talking the We're talking in mass, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, yeah, and there's yeah. also the, the harvest, the harvesting dynamic. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but the kind for carving is slightly different than the kind that you would normally cook with. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if we leave our pumpkins outside overnight, there aren't going to be any critters coming to eat them. They have a hard exterior yes and so it's a certain type of pumpkins that are for carving but there's no reason why those can't be grown here specifically for an event like ours and like i said we this year we bought a thousand pumpkins next year we're going to be looking for more we would love to have a local vendor please (laughs) let us have a local vendor and then we can you know showcase them right well well, you know this initiative this uh this uh uh, Harvest Festival and Pumpkin Patch you know, is still in its infancy. You know, we're still coming around. This is year two, right? So, right. As we uh, continue to, you know, grow and you know make it a big event. You said uh, it's already oversubscribed as it is, which is good. So that's that's a good thing. So so we're we're talking with Miss uh, Attorney. I'm sorry, uh, Casey Payton. Uh, she is uh, from the VI Justice Initiative, and they got a big event this weekend. Uh, the second annual Harvest Festival and Pumpkin Patch. We'll take a break and be back right after this. People go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nabaz. 
weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV Channel 12. Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party! Or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com Member FDIC. here uh, on, on Lasers, and we're talking with um, Attorney Casey Payton uh, as they look forward to a big Saturday over there at Megan's Bay, uh, the second annual Harvest Festival and Pumpkin Patch. Um, this is a VI Justice uh, Initiative uh, event or a Casey Payton event? This is a VI Justice Initiative signature event. Signature. We do a couple of signature community events throughout the year that also serve as benefits for our organization. Okay. Well, that's good to be commended. I kindly beg your pardon, like we say down here. Signature event. Not just an event. A signature event. I kindly beg your pardon. Um, so, <laughs> by the way, you know, define, um, for those who may be listening, um, VI Justice uh, Initiative, um, what's it all about and how it came to being and all that. The VI Justice Initiative is a new nonprofit 501c3 legal organization. We are a law firm. Uh, we do provide free legal representation uh, to folks who cannot afford an attorney. We were formed on June 14th, 2022. We opened our doors September 1st, 2022, and we had our first Harvest Festival and Pumpkin Patch last year, October. So we are very new, but this just launched us <laughs> into the community um, and let folks know who we are, why we're here, and what we're all about. Legal services, um, this, this is something uh, similar to that? Uh, it is similar. So my background um, before starting the VI Justice Initiative, I did work at legal services for four years, and I have nothing but good things to say about legal services. Um, they do their part. Uh, they do receive federal and local funding, um, which means they are limited to what they are able to do um, according to their funders. We are different in the fact that we do private fundraising through events like the Harvest Festival and Pumpkin Patch. Uh, so we are able to fill some gaps that other organizations, um, government agencies are not able to fill. And so, for example, right now we have a big program. It is um, where we are doing c 
clean slate. That means that we are clearing uh, arrest records and convictions um, under the local expungement laws. Are you um, looking at uh, potential uh, code revisions and, and things like that um, based on uh, where we are statutorily and, and, and what you experience uh, out there in the real world and, and maybe we can modify um, some existing statutes uh, to make things more palatable for the uh, community at large, in particular in the legal area? We are invited to testify um, when such code revisions come up mm-hmm. um, in front of the legislature. Um, how, was however, that, how, how was that experience? Because of our, because of our 501c3 tax status, we do not lobby. So we do our change through the courts, through cases, okay. primarily. Mm-hmm. But we can share our legal expertise by testifying or by having those conversations and having a seat at the table. Um, but we do not propose um, legislation. You've been invited to testify before the legislature before? Yes. How was that experience? <laughs> It went great. So last year, um, we were invited by the office of the governor. Um, right before the end of the year, remember, there was some marijuana um, legislation that was going on. Uh, they, uh, Why uh, that affected me. us. Excuse me. Um, uh, they, they like to use the term cannabis. Absolutely. Even though you and I know it, it's Mary Jane uh, marijuana, they, they like to use the technical term cannabis. So, yeah. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. Um, so the reason that we were invited to testify is because in, incorporated in that, um, in, in those bills was automatic expungement legislation. And so what they were saying is that folks who had some, you know, old cannabis related, um, arrests, uh, two ounces or less that those should be automatically expunged mm-hmm. because they're no longer against the law if you were to act, you know, commit those, those actions today. And so they said anyone with those on the records in the past should be automatically expunged. Um, and so we came in to discuss um, what kind of effect that would have um, in the community. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, uh, <clears throat> because with every action... You know, physics says there's an opposite and equal reaction, right? But um, in this case, um, when when um, you are now uh, providing for allowances, right? Um, uh, it's good to have conversations with those uh, who might be, you know, delving uh, into that, you know, practice, uh, so to speak. Because education is a good thing. I remember when... Um, I was talking to one of my, uh, actually one of my former employees, and uh, when um, we went to legalization route, they thought that, um, well, once it, was, once it was legalized, that uh, that would have immediate effect. But um, there are times when um, something may be uh, allowed, but the effective date may be down the road. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. And so even though there is an automatic expungement law that did pass, um, there is not a mechanism for doing it automatically. Okay. You still need an attorney yes. to get you through oh, that process for see, most people. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So that's why you got to be informed, right? 
Absolutely. Okay. And something else that we do that is different from what any other organization um, around is doing is that we are doing, uh, we're we're collecting data, we are harvesting data around how these laws affect the community. And so we have a volunteer data scientist who has helped us come up with really great surveys that are voluntary um, and that folks are able to help us understand how obtaining these expungements affect them, their families, their neighborhoods, their community. And we are actively um, trying to obtain an IRB, an independent review board from the University of the Virgin Islands, so that the data that we are obtaining is not only, you know, available to our funders, to the Senate, you know, but that we can actually publish it in the Virgin Islands Law Journal and to make it so that it is um, ethically obtained under current social science standards. Okay, so this is this is a um, ever evolving uh, entity, the the, the uh, Justice Initiative. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, we just published our 2023 um, annual report um, because we have gotten to you know the end of our first year, and so we're able to show at this point these are what our main programs are, and so. Um, you know, when it comes to data collection, we're just finding that it's very important. When we go and we're invited to testify, we are asked what kind of data is available. And the answer is not much. And so how are you supposed to know how many people this legislation is going to affect if you don't have the data? So we are filling in those gaps as well so people can be more informed. No, that's, that pretty much crystallizes. Uh, um, that's part of the conversation. Uh, as 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 relates to uh, the VI Justice Initiative and uh, the the positive impact um, that it intends to have uh, on uh, our community. So let's get back to to the to the fun part uh, tomorrow. Uh, are you ready, man? Are you ready to to take on this load? Um, clearly, the interest is high, and. Um, Department of Agriculture is going to be there working with you, or they just made the hay, made the hay available and and you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, them making the hay available is no small feat, oh. and it 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 saves us um, thousands of dollars, to be honest. Um, and so we appreciate them. We will take and deliver the hay back to them um, carefully, <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, everybody's going to enjoy. Um, this event. We are absolutely ready to go. Last year we had about a thousand people at our first event. We are anticipating closer to 5,000 people this year. What? Something we do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What? Absolutely. Five full, counselor? Absolutely. Five full? There, there is no competing event in St. Thomas at that time. There are things earlier in the morning, there are things later in the day. But last year we had four competing events. And it was oh, our first year. Oh, oh, so you caught a break this year. Or or, or they just didn't want to come test. They didn't want to test the, the, the VI initiative, Harvard. Um, we had conversations with our community partners in, in planning the date. Oh, and so oh, we, oh okay. We so made so, sure so that everybody's in the maximization yeah. mentality, huh? 
Um, yes. Let's not yes. go. Let's so, let, let's not compete with each other. <laughs> it, uh, it, I think it's going to work out. Um, if we have a sunny day, um, if all of our volunteers come through, which I think they will, we this year, uh, last year we had 50 volunteers. This year we're going to have more than 65. Um, I want to thank the uh, Office of Gun Violence Pre- Prevention. They will be out with their grill, Bruce Lamont, um, grilling for our volunteers. Uh, so that they uh, will be maintained throughout the event. Um, And you'll be able to recognize the volunteers because they're going to have special green shirts uh, that were made for the event. And so we have lots of high school volunteers from Shadamalia, Eudora Kin. Um, They're coming out strong, getting their volunteer credit, and uh, just having a good time. It's going to be a really fun event. That's awesome. That's awesome. 5,000. Wow. I, 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 I definitely think so. And something we're doing that's different than maybe what some other organizations might do is that um, we're not utilizing any of the parking at Megan's Bay for our event. 100% of the parking will be available. And also, last year, our tractor hayride went through Coconut Court, which can be used for parking. And so this year, there will be additional parking in Coconut Court, and the tractor hayride is slated to go through the Arboretum, um, we're going to be doing a test run early tomorrow morning to ensure that it fits. Fingers crossed. <laughs> you never know until you're right there. But um, we have been assured that everything has been done to make that possible. So it will be a real enchanting hayride, tractor hayride, um, with a real John Deere tractor for one of the two tractor hayrides uh, donated by Department of Sports Park and Rec. Um, tractor hayride tickets are only $5. So it should be accessible, but we are handing out lots of free tractor hayride tickets as well to our youth performers, um, to some, some folks who would not otherwise be able to participate. Um, we're, we're giving those out as well. Regular visitors who just, who just want uh, a regular day out at, uh, at Megan's Bay, uh, they have the ability to access <clears throat> uh, this event. Uh, if, if they, Absolutely. If they, um, Absolutely. So there is no entrance fee for the event. Now, you have to pay the cost of admissions to Megan's Bay. We mm-hmm, can't do anything mm-hmm, about that. Mm-hmm. However, once you make your way over to Shed 4, that is where the Harvest Festival and Pumpkin Patch will begin. You can come and go. However, I do recommend if you want to get your choice at a pumpkin, if you want to get those great fall photos with your family in the pumpkin patch, please come early. Um, even though the event on Saturday goes from 12 to 5, People started buying pumpkins by the wheelbarrow full at 11 o'clock last year. Oh, yeah? Because our team, our team is ready. Our team gets there very early. The only reason the event doesn't start till 12 is because it takes us the whole morning to set it up. Right. We're right. there from before 7, um, setting up. And so as soon as we are ready, people are ready to buy. Um, so if you want to make sure that your kid <laughs> gets a pumpkin, um, get there early. Um, well, let me take this opportunity uh, once again to give a shout out to the Department of Agriculture and Sports Park and Recreation. Any other agencies you want to recognize um, for uh, contributing? Is it Megan's Bay Authority a part of this? Megan's Bay Authority, and I mentioned uh, the Office of Gun Violence Prevention. Uh, Office of Gun Violence Prevention. Um, yeah. We appreciate them. Um, and the uh, Department of Health is allowing for. Uh, Dr. Gigi Kane, the dentist, to do free dental screening. Oh, yeah? For children. Okay, on okay. site, yeah. Ah, that's nice. That's nice. 
Yes. So we yes. got so we got, we got health, 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 agriculture, sports, park, and recreation. Uh, the go- governor's office, uh, office of gun violence, Megan's Bay Authority. Um, anyone else you wanted to mention? No, you got sponsors. Oh, you know we have sponsors. What happened without our sponsors? Remember yeah. how I was mentioning we're giving away some free tractor hayride tickets? Mm-hmm. Um, First Bank is uh, donating pumpkins. So all of the kids at Nana Baby Home, uh, uh, junior firefighters are also going to be getting pumpkins. And all these kids are also going to be getting free tractor hayride tickets. Um, these are folks who otherwise you know, would not be able to participate in this event. Um, fully, because it's a free event, but to fully participate, you're going to want to go pick the pumpkin and carve it or paint it in our kids' zone. You're going to want to ride the tractor hayride. And so we, we want everybody to be able to do that. Um, and so our sponsors assist with that. We do have the Department of Tourism, Division of Festivals, thank you so much, um, Alpine, Securities, uh, Rapier Med. The Pyramid came through in a big way for the Tractor Hayride this year. We really appreciate them. Um, Southland Gaming. Um, and then some of our, you know, other sponsors that are brand new to us this year, we appreciate them, Yacht Haven Grand. Um, and like I said, First Bank. Uh, it, these events are really expensive to put on if you are just paying for them in cash, like if you're a corporation putting on events. But with the, um, the availability of in-kind donations that the community is just pouring towards this event because they want to have this event, that's what makes it so that we can not only put on this free community event, but it can be a benefit for our organization. You know, we're just, we're, we're just the ones putting on this platform. <laughs> but really the community is stepping up, um, showing that this is something they want to have, year after year and we are happy to do it to make it bigger and better than ever this year and we can't wait to hear the feedback for next year we're gonna take a break come back wrap up this conversation with um attorney casey payton from the vi justice uh initiative they got the uh second annual uh harvest festival and pumpkin pumpkin patch tomorrow over there at megan's bay we'll be back right after this Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culturman Silcat. Early bird tickets go on sale beginning Monday, October 16th through Tuesday, November 14th. Tickets will be available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Sight Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340 
340-694-6255 or 340-690-7293. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, Antilly School, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, and the VI Housing Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. Wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. Wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. and uh, wrapping up a conversation uh, with the VI Justice uh, Initiative. They got a big event tomorrow, Megan's Bay. Uh, the uh, second annual Harvest Festival and Pumpkin Patch uh, on St. Thomas. Uh, it's a 12 to 5 event. Okay, but um, you know how people are, we got a, a percentage of the population that likes to move to, move to events early. Uh, and we just found out um, from this um, attorney patent that People come in to buy pumpkin from before 12 o'clock. Uh, and uh, given uh, the popularity of the event from last year, uh, heading into this year, uh, Ms. Payton, you're looking at a, uh, a, big, uh, a, a big day. Uh, come, come 5.30 tomorrow when you're looking back at uh, you know, what, what took place. Uh, it's going to be on a larger scale from last year, right? Much larger. So last year we had about a thousand people come through. We're expecting closer to five thousand this year. And the way that it is set up and spread out, we can accommodate that many people. Um, last year we wanted to be really careful because still we're talking pandemic, COVID. Out, you know, we wanted to have an outdoor event that was stretched. It didn't feel crowded last year. I don't even expect it to feel crowded this year because we're using the campground portion at Megan's Bay. And so everything is open. Kids can run around. Um, we have some really fun activities for kids. Uh, we made sure that uh, the Children's Museum is um, involved in the kids' zone. They're going to be having, uh, you know, the terracotta clay 
that kids can mold with their hands that you don't see as much in schools anymore. They're going to have a great spot out there where kids can do that. Um, there's going to be a, a science teacher because tomorrow is going to be a, a partial solar eclipse. We'll help kids be able to view the solar eclipse safely. Uh, we'll have a fun corn pit where you have whole kernels of corn where kids can just jump and play and have a good time. We're going to have potato sack races. We're going to have hula hoop contests. We have 10 family day passes that we're giving out for free to kids who participate in these activities, uh, given out by our youth MC, Timari Lee. He's going to be hyping up the crowd along with DJ Dell. We're going to have the St. Thomas Majorette. We're going to have MLB School of Dance doing these performances. We're going to have our 41 different vendor booths, including youth vendors, adult vendors, so food, retail, nonprofits, businesses. I do want to give a shout-out to some of our youth retail vendors, Knickknacks, Xiaomi Boutique, Chris Funspot, um, some of our food vendors, Scoops and Brew, Barefoot Buddha, the Low Family Lemonade Stand, Big Haven Lemonade Zen, Vingas in Paradise, Happy Times Entertainment, Layered with Love, Kimba Turnbull, Rock City Meal Prep, Happy Spaces, Kokiko Gruka. We're going to have just a really fun day full of fall treats, things that you can buy. Just bring out the family. Have a good time. Go on the tractor hayride. Visit the pumpkin patch. Tomorrow, Megan's Bay, 12 to 5. It's going to be a great time. You... You're an attorney, but you sound like a promoter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you have to be a little bit of a politician when it comes to these things. We're bringing together so many different groups. Right. I'm calling this a community fair. When you have nonprofits, businesses, retail, adults, kids, everybody together, free kids, dental screenings, this is a community fair. And I love having things like this. People love going to this kind of stuff, especially around October when you're used to having some kind of Oktoberfest and, and, you know, you're ready. The the weather is finally starting to break a little bit and you want to go outside. Um, It's, I I just feel special that we have the opportunity to do this. You know, other law firms like ours, maybe you're putting on a, a signature black tie gala, not us. We want to be in the community. We want to be with families and kids supporting the folks who we serve. That's what we're here for. And you said that the Children's Museum will be playing a, a part tomorrow? Absolutely. The Children's Museum is going to have a tent in the kids' zone. Um, this is going to be very interactive. You're not going to see any kids on their phones or iPads. They're not going to have time. They're going to be using their hands. Um, we also have a tropical treasure hunt is going to have an archery opportunity for kids ages 8 and older. Um, they're going to have some of their pirates out there in costume, having a good time. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's just it's, it's a good way to get outside. Your kids, you're going to bring them at 12, and you're going to have to carry them away at 5. They're not going to want to leave. That's what happened last wow. year, and we're bigger than last year. Wow, wow. I'm glad that, that, that your confidence level is high heading into tomorrow. I was saying that I'm glad that your confidence level is high heading into tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> well, my confidence is lo- is level is high because I have a phenomenal team. Um, the brainchild behind all of the different sections and making this event what it is is Tess Monsanto-Bailey. 
she is a part of our team. We appreciate her. We love her. We could not do an event to this scale without her. Also, Melanie Turnbull, she is the event chair, and she's in charge of all 65-plus of our volunteers, making sure that they are hydrated, making sure they are fed, making sure they know that they are appreciated, making sure that our students get their credit that you, they you need know something, to graduate. Since you went there, talk a little bit. Uh, people know when they get there at, at noon or whenever they, they get there, they see the end result, but uh, talk a little bit about the logistics and all the work that, that goes into getting to that point. <laughs> These events, I mean, we were, I, I uh, was on the agenda for Megan's Bay Authority about two weeks after last year's event. So we lock in the date a year in advance so that we can make sure <laughs> that we can have all of these different components because there are so many in-kind donations. When you're talking about the tractor, the person who is driving the tractor, the, the, the beds, um, uh, the trailers, you know, that are donated. Custom Builders is doing a build-out of these tractor hayrides. It's a custom build-out. I mean, it's, it's something that you would see, you know, maybe for like Carnival or something like that. But it's specifically for this event to keep everybody safe. Um, everything has been thought through. We have waivers. We have wristbands to ensure the safety um, of everybody who's, you know, carving pumpkins and going on the tractor hayride. Uh, you know, we have to get our event liability insurance. We have to. That's what I'm talking about. Sure yeah. All of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot that goes into these events. And we have a very small team, but we have a broad community of support. Well, you got a small team of 65 people is a lot, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, the volunteers. I mean, when you're talking about the paid staff. Oh, you're talking about, oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. I, I apologize. No, that disti- there's a distinction there. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, and you're, you're, you're putting together uh, uh, a program, an event. Um, you say you're locking this in uh, from a late October of 2022 uh, to get mm-hmm. to this mid-October date in 2023. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not as easy as people might think it is. As a matter of fact, it isn't easy at all. But it's worthwhile, though. That's the most important thing, and uh, we're trying to get absolutely. We cannot wait to do it again next year. We yeah. cannot wait to get well, started. Well, we already that... have ideas for next year that we couldn't implement this year. Wow. Yeah. Well, tomorrow, you know, as you go, um, you got a feel for, for for certain things that you could try, but you, you don't want to overdo it, though. That's something, right? That's always no. something that you want to factor in. You don't want to take away from the authenticity of the event by just keep adding and adding, and then you suffer from overload. So we wouldn't want that. Uh, we're talking with uh, Attorney Casey Payton from the VI Justice uh, Initiative, second annual uh, Harvest Festival and Pumpkin Patch. Finally, uh, one more time, details for tomorrow, young lady. So please come out tomorrow, Megan's Bay. From 12 until 5 o'clock p.m. There's no cost of admission, but you do have to pay for the gate at Megan. Um, and uh, you're going to start at Shed 4. So make your way to Shed 4. That's where it all starts. And it is from Shed 4 all the way to the Arboretum, uh, including the campground. Um, and bring the whole family because there's going to be something for everybody. And uh, get, those, get those cute fall photos. Councillor, congratulations on um, getting your second annual Harvest Festival and Pumpkin Patch, uh, making it a reality tomorrow morning, uh, God willing, and uh, 
Uh, looking forward to many more uh, Harvest Festivals and Pumpkin Patch uh, in the Virgin Islands down the road. Okay? And hopefully we could do the agriculture thing and and actually harvest our pumpkins here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. and, and then you know, that'll, that'll be another uh, asset uh, to the event and to the territory as well. Looking forward to talking with you. Congrats. Thank you so much for inviting us on, and uh, we appreciate your time. You got it. That's um, Attorney uh, Casey Payton uh, from the VI Justice Initiative. They got a big event tomorrow uh, over there making it. And I want to give a shout-out to uh, uh, Akil, uh, Commissioner Lewis Peterson from the Department of Agriculture. This is a personal shout-out on my heart because I, uh, after speaking with um, Ms. Payton, uh, a couple of months ago, uh, he and I uh, got together, and I was pleased when Marisol uh, Garcia, you know, she's the point person for Analyze This, uh, texted me that night and, and had me to know that now Miss Payton had gotten back to her um, to let her know that uh, Akil had reached out. You know, Commissioner Akil. You know, I like I, I like to do the personal flavor thing, you know, uh, with, with who's thinking. So I like to call her Commissioner Tita. Uh, and same thing with uh, Commissioner Akil and uh, Commissioner Calvert. Uh, yeah, Commissioner Akil uh, had reached out to her and uh, uh, made that work and all that stuff. And uh, so the bales are hey, uh, courtesy of the Department of Agriculture. Every time I think of agriculture and, uh, and Akil, I also think of uh, my good friend uh, Louis Chichester, uh, who worked at the at that agency uh, uh, for a long, long time and. And one of uh, uh, Commissioner Peterson's uh, right-hand men, henchmen, right? Right-hand shotgun. Chichester, what's going on, Errol? Good morning, uh, all that stuff. And now we're here in uh, uh Department of uh, <coughs> Sports Park and Recreation. So uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Commissioner White, um, for, for six or one half, a dozen or the other, uh, uh, for playing that part. Uh, the tractor, I think they, they said the tractor is IO, so that's a good thing. Uh, and then the other agencies as well, you know. So um, tourism, uh, the governor's office, and every other agency uh, that I didn't mention. You know, we're coming together now. You know, we still, you know, this is the new normal. You know, uh, we are, you know, getting back into doing things and all that stuff. And, you know, uh, this time of year, you know, um, we start to, you know, coalesce. You know, the holiday season's going to be here in another, you know, time flying, man. Right? 40% of the month done gone already. And it was October 1st, a couple Saturdays, a couple Sundays ago. 40% of the month done gone. Yeah, today's the 13th. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it is what it is. We're going to do what we got to do. Uh, but we, you know, want non-violent, non-confrontational, you know, um, because we've been through a lot. And uh, at this time when um, tensions are high, um, folks may have family members who are in that part of the world where, you know, the appreciation for life, peace uh, is not uh, like, you know, ours. Just being very candid. Uh, you know, some people... Uh, there are some people who are concerned. I was thinking uh, uh, um, of uh, the the Jewish 
um, <clears throat> the rabbi um, that I, I mean, my mind was running on him. Um, I think it's um, Freshback. Uh, um, he was, um, I had great conversations with him. Uh, he's no longer here. He was um, at the at the, um, the the synagogue in St. Thomas. I think he went back to Maryland. He went to New Jersey or something. Uh, and uh, we had some great conversations. And my mind ran on him um, you know, the other day. And thinking about what's taking place over there in, uh, in the Middle East, you know. Because you got to be careful how you say certain things because people like to um, misinterpret, you know, things that you say and take things out of context. So I was uh, wondering how he's doing. I hadn't spoken to him. I know he, I think he left the territory. I got his name, but Zoe had uh, had uh, hooked me up um, with him, and we had a great conversation about uh, Martin Luther King and and his uh, uh, relationship uh, with a Jewish rabbi uh, in the '60s. And it was like uh, we're talking about uh, how it was uh, synonymous with what took place in Georgia when um, Warnock and, and Osla uh, got uh, elected on the same day, you know. So it's a small world, man, and life is to be appreciated and lived and loved, you know. So we're going to um, do what we got to do, you know. By the way, um, Miss Peyton, if you... If you are listening, I just got a text message from one of my uh, listeners. They want to know how they could volunteer for the next event. Go check. So we're going to figure out, you know, I'm I, I going to send you some information. Okay? So I'm going to send you some contact numbers so you could talk to uh, Attorney Peyton. Take a break. I'll be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 